0: listening to the podcast of Anthem Church in Columbia, Missouri. For more information, visit us online at anthemcolumbia.com. All right, good morning. Welcome to Anthem. It is it's great to see you guys this morning. It's super fun uh, to be to be worshiping with you. My name is Luke Hedinger. I'm one of the pastors on staff here. If you have your Bibles, go ahead and turn to Galatians uh, last week, Stan did a great job of opening this book up for us. What we do here at Anthem is typically we take a book of the Bible, and we walk through it uh, week to week, and we just see what God has for us through that book. So we're in the book of Galatians, and if you don't have a Bible, I would, I would encourage you. We have Bibles back on our resource table, um, back middle, so if you don't have a Bible, we, we have some that are free, we have some that, that uh, we try and get as cheap as possible, and um, I think they're like 10 bucks. We're not making anything off of that, um, but, but we would love to get Bibles into your hands. So the book of Galatians, we're finishing out the, uh, the last part of chapter one this morning. And, and what, what we see in, in the last part of chapter one, Paul is, is addressing these, these people in Galatia. He's addressing people who are who, uh, his friends. He, he loves them. He, he, is, uh, he, he just loves them. And he desires for them to know truth, and, um, and as Stan talked about last week, he's, he's, he's seeing stuff going on in their lives, and he's saying, hey, somebody needs to t- say something, and I love you, and so I'm going to say some hard things in love to you. And, and that's where we're going to continue this morning. And so if you would, I want to I read the first part, and we're going to just talk about it just a little bit. Starting in verse 11 in chapter 1. It says this, Paul is again talking to to these people he loves, he says, for I would have you know, brothers, that the gospel that was preached by me is not man's gospel, for I did not receive it from any man, nor was I taught it, but I received it through a revelation of Jesus Christ, for you have heard of my former life in Judaism. So stop there. What we're going to be talking about this morning, what Paul is doing is he's saying, look, You've heard about my former life. He's saying, the the gospel, the message, the good news that I'm bringing before you, it's not man's gospel. And Paul is writing this letter, as Stan laid out last week, Paul is writing this letter, and he's coming in, uh, kind of in, up against this this teaching that's coming into this area, these churches in Galatia, where people were coming from Jerusalem, and they were saying, look, it it has to be Jesus plus. Like, it's, it's great that you, you have Jesus. That's awesome. That's encouraging. But it has to be Jesus plus. And in this case, it was Jesus plus Judaism. Because that's, after all, Jesus was a Jew. I don't know if that's surprising to you, but he was. Jesus was a Jew. And, and Christianity kind of started in, with the Jews, and, and they're coming and saying, but, oh, you haven't been circumcised. Oh, you don't you don't follow these laws. You don't do this. Well, you have to do that if you're really going to be 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 a part of this thing and what Paul does is he says that's not true and let me let me tell you why I received this revelation it's not it's not from man it's not from these guys it's a revelation from from God and anytime anytime you hear somebody say I have a revelation from God I I want to encourage you it's good to ask questions it's, it's good to inquire further. Like, I, I heard this story one time of this, this young woman who worked at this church camp every summer. And uh, every summer, never failed, young men would come up to her and say, I believe that God has spoken to me. And he's told me that you're to be my wife. And she would say, Oh, really? Well, you see that young man over there? He's actually my husband. So I'm not sure, there's miscommunication somewhere. See, <laughs> when somebody says I have a revelation from Christ, Paul, Paul doesn't just stop there. He goes, for you have heard of my former life. Paul begins to unpack the truth of what he talks about, the, the reality that, hey, you can trust this because here's my story. And he launches into his story. And, and, and the thing about this that I think is so awesome is that our stories tell a story. Our lives tell a story. Each and every one of us. Some, some people, you look at their lives and you say, well, oh, I can definitely see what's going on. Like, I, I was, uh, my kids and I, we were driving behind this truck yesterday and I took a picture of it and I was thinking, I should throw it up on the screen, but I didn't. And, but, but across the back window of this guy's truck, he had like every duck sticker I think that you can buy. Right, and it's like, oh. That, that guy's life tells a story, right? He, I think he likes, either he likes ducks or he likes to shoot ducks. I think it's the other, you know, like, there's something there, right? I, I, I don't know, a, a friend of mine, when, when uh, Star Wars Episode One came out, he camped in front of the theater to be the first in to watch the new Star Wars movie. See, that, that tells a story about somebody's life, right? If you see somebody dressing up to go see a movie, and i'm not talking about nice clothes i'm talking about face paint and horns and double lightsabers it's like i know the difference between star wars and star trek but there's like your life obviously there's something more going on there right and sometimes sometimes our lives it's hard to tell what the stories are that our lives are from but each of our lives tell a story like where you live tells a story what you what you do for fun tells a story what I, I love going into people's homes and one of the things I, I really enjoy doing is seeing what movies they have because I like movies I, I and it's fun to see like oh you are really into romantic comedies that tells me something about what entertains you and and what Paul does here is he's saying look I want my life I want my story to tell God's story because here's 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 the big idea. This is what I want you to get. If you're you're a note taker this morning, what I want you to get is this. Your story, your story is the best tool you have to tell God's story. Because that's what Paul does. He's saying you can can trust this. This is different. This is not Jesus plus anything. Because because as, as Stan talked about last week, Jesus plus anything equals nothing. Right, Jesus plus anything equals nothing, and in fact, Jesus plus nothing equals everything. And let me explain this to you by telling you where I come from. Let me explain this to you by telling you my story, and the best tool we have to tell God's story is our story. And he, he starts this, he, he kind of breaks it up into three parts. He, he starts with his former life. And then he goes into his conversion, which is kind of a churchy word to say, like the moment everything changed, right? The crisis moment. And, and then he starts talking about his current life. What does this look like since? And so we're, we're going to get into this, but I just want to pray for us before we really dig into this, this passage. So, so just uh, join with me. God, I, I praise you and I thank you for the truth of your word. I pray, God, that you would speak through me this morning. I pray, God, that you would give us ears to hear and eyes to see and a heart that will comprehend. And God, I pray that we will know you more um, as a result of this morning, that we would love you more going out from this place than when we came in. So we praise you, God, and I trust you and it's in your name. Amen. Let me, let me read this for you. So, so chapter 1, starting in verse 13, says, For you have heard of my former life in Judaism how I persecuted the church of God violently and tried to destroy it. And I was advancing in Judaism beyond many of my own age among my people. So extremely zealous was I for the traditions of my fathers. But when he who had set me apart before I was born and who called me by his grace was pleased to reveal his son to me in order that I might preach him among the Gentiles, I did not immediately consult with anyone. Let's just, let's just stop there. First, what we see Paul doing is he's saying, look, you've heard of my former life. You've heard of, of who I was. He's saying, look, you can, you can trust what I've, what I've taught you. You can trust this good news that, that I've brought before you because here's my story. And, and I love what Paul is doing here. He's, again, it's, it's in response to these, these people who were Jews that the, the, kind of their title was Judaizers. They were trying to, to say, hey, that's great that you're a Christian, but you have to be Jewish first and then you can really be a Christian, and he was in response to them and he is saying, look, I did that. I tried that. I was running hard after those things. You, you don't understand, I was, I was, you've heard of my former life in Judaism. You've, you've heard of, like these people are coming and saying, no, you have to do this. He said, I did all of those things and I did it better than anybody else. I was smarter than anybody else. I was doing it with more passion than anybody else. He, he says, I, you heard of my former life, and I was, like, let's be honest, I was killing it in my former life. And yeah, he says, I was wrong, though. I was running hard in the wrong direction. He says, I was extremely zealous. I, I love the, the language that Paul uses throughout this, this kind of testimony as he's talking about his former life. If you, if you notice, it's, it's strong language. It's, he, he says, I persecuted the church of God violently. I tried to destroy it so extremely zealous, like that word zealous, I, I don't know if you use that very often, but it's, it's a word, it's just packed full of like emotion and it's just a heavy word, it, it, it's just, it's passion. I was extremely passionate about what they're trying to talk about. These people that are coming in and say it's Jesus plus this, yeah, I was, I was extremely passionate about those things, but here's the reality, I was wrong. I was running in the opposite direction. See, Paul gives us a a really good picture of who he was. He was the smartest person, most passionate, but he's saying, I was wrong, and I think that what Paul is doing, he's not trying to run himself down. He's not trying to say, woe is me, so that, have you ever done that? Where it's like, yeah, I'm really not that smart, and people are like, oh no, you're really smart. That's not what Paul's doing, right? He's not trying to fish for compliments. He's trying to get them to understand, he's saying, let me be real with my story, so I can put God's story in a real light. Right? So I can make much of God's story. Let me who can I can I get a volunteer? Just one. You don't have to get up. Uh, Tristan, there we go. Uh thanks, Tristan. Can you can you blow this balloon up for me, Tristan? I'm gonna give you this. You can you can stay sitting there. What what we do oftentimes in our lives is. We try and paint a story of ourselves. I'm going to stay down here while Tristan's blowing that balloon up. Make it big, Tristan, but don't pop it. I only have a few. So um, what we try and do so often with our lives is we try and paint a picture of ourselves where we're really not that bad. Right? Where things, I mean, it, it wasn't that bad. I wasn't doing things that were too bad. It's almost like we, we try and paint a picture to where if, if God didn't actually come and save us, we we really probably would have been fine. But you know what happens? That's great, Tristan, that's, good job. Good. Don't, don't, don't tie it, don't tie it. I didn't tell you to tie it, Tristan, come on now. Come on, instructions. Tristan's my nephew, so I can give him a hard time. Um, what we try and do oftentimes, when, when, we, when we tell a story like that, it's like if I were to tell you my story, like Anthem Church, you've heard of my former life. Right, you've heard of my former life in Christianity. But but here's the reality. I was pretty much a good kid growing up, right? I was pretty much a good kid. <laughs> Tristan did a better job. Than- I was pretty much a good kid <sighs> growing up. I was from a, I was from a decent family. <sighs> right? I, I, I really didn't do things that, like, I didn't, I, I mean, come, I, let's be honest. I smoked pot once, but I didn't even like it right I I, you know I'm I had a pretty good moral compass growing up I really didn't do and and in fact when God actually did come and well first of all I, I went through kind of a rebellious teenage time but everybody does that and when God actually did save me when God actually did get a hold of my life I was already at church camp I mean, it's not like he had to go very far, right? Because I was already, I was already in church. He didn't, he didn't have to try very hard to save me. See, what happens when we paint a picture of ourselves, if this is me, when we paint a picture of ourselves where, where we really weren't as bad as, as maybe we actually were, where things really weren't as bad as they, they could have been, when we paint a picture of ourselves where we really weren't that bad, we make God look less than he actually is, right? We make God look less than he actually is. Instead, I do have another balloon. I'm, I was gonna blow that one back up, but sorry, Tristan, I don't want your germs. But. When, when we, see, instead, when we look at our lives and we say, you know, I was running hard in the opposite direction, but God saved me. Right? I was, I was so broken and lost trying to find my identity in sex and alcohol and, and my appearance and all these other things, but God gave me a new identity. I, I was I was running hard in the opposite direction, like like a child playing T ball, trying to make it home by running to the outfield. I didn't even know I was going in the wrong direction. And yet God came in and He brought me home. See what Paul is doing here is he's saying, look, I was wrong, and all of my good things that I did, all of my all of those. Those actions, all those religious things that I did, they were wrong and I was going in the opposite direction. And the reality is, is that God is so amazingly good to me because this is who I was. And maybe, maybe your story doesn't include like drugs and alcohol and sex. Maybe you're, maybe you're like, no, I actually was a pretty good person. The Bible says no one is righteous. The Bible says that you could not do anything to save yourself. And what Paul is coming into this, he's saying, look, here's my former life in Judaism. You can trust the fact that this good news is not from me, it's not from them. Because if I came up with something, it would not have looked like this. Because I was, how, I didn't even know I needed this. But God. God came in, and God, in the midst of my brokenness, in the midst of my my." I'm running away from him. In the midst of my spiritual death, God came and he saved me. And see, what Paul is doing here is he's saying, look, my story, what I wanna do with my story is I wanna make much of God's story. I don't have to paint myself in any kind of light because God has saved me and he has said that I am his child. And that's where Paul goes to next. He says, look, but when he, verse 15, but when he who had set me apart when he had set me apart, when, before I was born, and who called me by his grace, was pleased to reveal his son to me, in order that I might preach him among the Gentiles. Let's stop there. He, he goes, he says, that was my former life, that's what I was doing, that's where I was running, but when he... This moment in my life where everything changed, and I love the, the language again that Paul uses. He's, again, he's, he's using extreme language as he's talking about himself. He's trying to get them to see that the, it's not about Jesus plus anything, because I was trying to do all that, and it didn't work. See, it was Jesus himself. It, it, you see, the main person, the main character in Paul's story is God. You see there that it says that God set him apart, God called him by his grace, He revealed his son, right God came in to paul 's story and changed everything we call it testimony sometimes we have baptisms where we get a we get a horse trough out here and fill it up and it's Missouri, so we can do that, right? And then we dunk people under that. And, and, and before people go into the water, what they do is they tell their story about how God has changed them. We call those God stories. And the reason we call them God stories is because it's the story of what God has done in your life. And at times when, when I see that my story contains more I language than God language, it makes me really nervous, Right? See, what, what he says there is, he, he begins to break down what, what this looked like, what this, what this crisis moment was all about. And he says, first and foremost, he says, God set me apart even before I was born. God set me apart before I was born. See, the 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 thing that they were discussing during that time was that these Jewish people were coming in and saying, "Oh, you got to be circumcised to be a Christian. You have to you have to follow these things to be to be a Christian. You have to do this to be a you have to follow these laws to be a Christian." What Paul says is he says, "God decided to do something in my life before I was born. I couldn't do any of those things." You you say it's all about circumcision. We're going to talk a lot about circumcision if you don't know what that is, again, I'm not gonna tell you here. You, I was gonna say look it up, but maybe not do that. But. Um, see, yeah, no, 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 no. See, what, what he's saying is he's saying if it's all about circumcision, the, the reality is I didn't even have anything to circumcise when God decided to set me apart. It's not about your resume. It's not about the, your activities. It's not about your actions. It's not about, oh, this is what I did. This is how much I gave. This is, I recycle, right? I'm a good person. It's not about that. Paul says it's not about what you bring to the table. The only thing you bring to your salvation is your need for salvation. He, he says, it wasn't my actions that saved me. But then I love, he goes on and he says, God set me apart before I was born and then God called me by his grace. God did this work before I could do anything, but even after I did so many things. He, do, you, do you realize Paul's story included, he, was, he says that he was trying to destroy the church. Paul was destroying, and, and when he says destroy the church, that's people, that's lives, those are families. In Paul's story, he, he destroyed people's lives. In, in the book of Acts, we see that Paul, he is holding people's coats as they murder one of the early church fathers with rocks. As they, as they stone, as they throw rocks at Stephen until he dies, Paul is standing back saying, hey, I'll, let me hold your coat so you can get a better swing. He is is giving his approval to what's happening, and then it says that he's breathing out murderous threats against the church. He is is taking families away from each other. He's taking kids away from their parents and parents away from their kids. He He is destroying lives, but in the midst of that, he says, I didn't do anything to save me, and even all of those things that I did, it didn't put me outside of the saving power of God. It didn't make me unsavable because God is so much bigger than my sin. God is so much bigger than the mess in my past. God is so much bigger, his love is so much bigger than all of that and he gave his grace to me. Do you know what grace is? It's undeserved favor. It's goodness that you or I, we did not deserve. Paul says that's what happened. And it says that he, he was pleased to reveal his son to me. I, I love where Paul, he talks about in the beginning, he's saying, look, I was running passionately for the traditions of my fathers. The traditions of his fathers, he was running passionately for what he thought God wanted him to do. But it was wrong. It was misdirected. It was, it was destroying people instead of helping people. And I love where he, he says, look, the thing I was so passionate for, I was getting it wrong, and yet God came in and said, let me show you who I am. Let me reveal myself to you. It says he revealed his son to him, Jesus Christ. Paul was so passionate about about pleasing God. He was so passionate about his status. He was so passionate about his own acceptance, but he was missing it. And so God came in and said, let me do a work in you. Let me change you. Let me reveal myself to you. Yes, I know that you have mess in your past, but let me take that. It's Really what this is describing is it's this idea of, of election. And this it's a kind of a doctrinal word that just talks about how the fact that we couldn't do anything to save ourselves. People sometimes use the analogy of saying, well, I was drowning and God saved me. The reality is, is that you weren't drowning, you were dead. And God saved me. Uh, John Newton, he was a pastor who... Uh, died a long time ago, but he tells a story about this woman who said, ah, sir, the Lord must have loved me before I was born or else he would not have seen anything in me to love afterwards. I'm sure it's true in my case, he goes on to say, I believe the doctrine of election because I am quite certain that if God had not chosen me, I should never have chosen him. And I am sure he chose me before I was born or else he never would have chosen me afterwards. And he must have elected me for reasons unknown to me for I never could find any reason in myself why he should have looked upon me with special love, so I am forced to accept the great biblical doctrine. See, Paul is saying, through this, he, he wants us to realize two things, I believe. As he's, as he's talking about this crisis moment, this point at which he came to when, when everything changed for him, he's wanting us to realize two things. The first thing is that our actions do not save us. Your resume, who your family was, it does not save you. Okay that it it doesn't it doesn't save you what and and the second thing in there I think we get hung up on that it's like well well who can be saved if god chooses I I think the incredible thing about that is the second thing that that we see from Paul's experience is that our actions do not put us out of god's ability to save us. I think that's the bigger thing. The bigger thing for me when when I was when I was growing up in my story it's not How could God, like, well, did God choose me or did God not choose me? It's a reality that I have been chosen by God and I don't deserve it. And I I don't understand it. I don't understand the love of God. I don't understand his grace for me. And yet it is freely given through Jesus Christ. For you and I, you may say, but you don't know what I've been through. You don't know what I've done. You don't know what's in my past. I think, I, I don't think it's probably as bad as Paul's. I think that if God could reach Paul, I think there's hope for you and me, right? So he goes on, he says, this is my former life, here's the point at which everything changed, now, now here's who I am, here's what's, here's what's happened. See, everything changed for Paul at that point. The, the trajectory of his life, the course of his life, it all changed. He was going to this place called Damascus to, to put people in prison, to destroy the church, and yet God revealed Jesus to him, In the end of 16, he, he says that I might preach him among the Gentiles, but I did not immediately consult with anyone, nor did I go up to Jerusalem to those who were apostles before me. But I went away into Arabia and returned again to Damascus. Then after three years, I went up to Jerusalem to visit Cephas and remained with him 15 days. But I saw none of the other apostles except James, the Lord's brother, and what I am writing to you before God, I do not lie. See, what Paul is saying there, he's saying, all right, this, Here's who I was, let me tell you my story because I wanna point to God's story. Here's who I was, here's how God changed me, and here's what I did. It changed the course of his life and these people that are coming out of Jerusalem, these Judaizers, these people that are saying, well, it's Jesus plus, what they're most likely saying about Paul is they're saying, well, it's the same message. He's, we're from Jerusalem, he's from Jerusalem, we're Jews, he's Jews, he's a, he's a Jew. It, it, it's, it's, the same, it's the same basic principle, the same basic message. And Paul's saying, no, it's not. When, when God revealed his son to me, I didn't go back to Jerusalem. When God revealed his son to me, I didn't go to Peter and James and the other apostles. When, when God revealed this to me, I went to, I went to Arabia, I went into the wilderness, I, I went to seek God. See, he, I, I believe what he's saying there is he's saying, when, when I received what I received, I didn't receive it in, in like, uh, looking through the lens of anything else. As I was thinking about that, even, even last night as I was going through all of this, it just struck me, the reality, that what Paul is saying here is he's saying, I didn't have, have like Jewish colored glasses on when I, was, when I received this message. What I mean by that is sometimes I think that what we do is we, we, we receive the message of, of God, of the gospel, the good news. We take God's word, we take, we take the, the Bible, and oftentimes what we do is, is we read it through other lenses. And we all have cultural lenses, we have lenses where our backgrounds, but, but oftentimes what we do is we say, well, well I know what the Bible says about, about sexuality, but here's what the culture says about sexuality. So what i'm going to do is i 'm going to look at the Bible through my cultural lens and i'm 'm going to say, well, if this is what if this is what my culture says about sexuality then then i'm going to determine what I believe about the Bible through my cultural lens or or this is what this is what my culture says relationships should look like, this is what my culture says comfort can look like, this is what my culture says. I mean, you name it, you fill in the blank. This is what my culture says this should look like. And I know what the Bible says. So, so I'm gonna believe, I, I'm, I'm gonna kind of pick and choose what, what I believe about the Bible by what my culture says. Like one time I, I heard Oprah Winfrey, which I don't, I don't make it a habit of listening to Oprah a whole lot, but I, I heard Oprah Winfrey say one time that she read in the Bible that God is a jealous God. And she said, that's not my God. That's not my God, and I think Oprah's right. When, when, she, looks at, when she looks at the Bible, when, when it says God is a jealous God, when, when she looks at the Bible and sees that God will not share us with anyone else, and she says, well, that's not my God. See, that's what happens when we look at the truths of the Bible through our culture. When we say, well, if if that's what the Bible says, this is what my culture says, I'm going to go the way of my culture. And the reality is, is when our story begins to look like the story that our culture is telling, it's no longer God's story. It's no longer a tool that we can use to point people to God because we're just pointing them to everything else that they're already looking at. Things that don't save, things that Paul was running after, that that he would say, well, I tried that and it didn't work. This is different. Let me show you. And it wasn't like Paul stayed in Arabia. It wasn't like Paul didn't care about Peter and James. It it, it goes on to say in in verse 18, then after three years, I went up to Jerusalem to visit Cephas, which Cephas is another name for Peter, and remained with him 15 days. But I saw none of the other apostles except James, the Lord's brother, and what I am writing to you before God, I do not lie. It, I, I love, it's, it's almost like we were talking to teachers meeting the other day, when, when Paul goes to, to talk to these guys, to Peter and James, he's not going to like finalize his, his conversion, his experience. He's not even going to, I don't believe, validate it. He's going to show them what God had done in his life. He's going so that his story can continue to point people to God's story. And it, i I love it because he goes to Peter. Peter's one of one of Jesus' main disciples. So he goes to Peter and James, Jesus' brother. If there's anybody that knows Jesus, it's these guys, right? It would it would almost be like if I, I can just imagine, I have an overactive imagination. I, I can just imagine if Peter goes in and, and Paul's going up to him, like, hey guys, how's it going? I, hey, I know Jesus too. And and Jesus, the thing I know about Jesus is Jesus loves peas. I don't know why peas. That's what popped into my head when I was thinking about this, right? Probably because I hate peas so much. But it's like, Jesus, Jesus loved peas. And Peter could be like, what are you talking about? Everybody knows Jesus doesn't love peas. Peas are gross, right? Jesus hates peas. It's like, what about you, James? You're, you're his brother. Did Jesus like peas? No, Jesus didn't like peas, right? I don't know. It's almost like they could be like, I don't know who, I don't know who you think you know. But who you know is not Jesus. But see, he came out the other side with them saying, I don't know what happened to you, and I don't know how you know it, but we spent three years with them, and you know Jesus. Your story points us to Jesus. Your story reveals Jesus. See, he didn't go so that they could confirm his, his, his calling. They didn't, he didn't go so that they could validate what, what happened to him. He went so that they could be rejoicing in God as well. And I think there are times where we can press too hard into, into community or, or into these other things without, without pressing hard into God. And, and, and I think that that's a, I think that's, a, that's a thing that we need to be concerned with in, in our connection group this past week. Um, if you 're not in a connection group, you should be in a connection group in our connection group past week uh, Colin was talking about i didn 't tell him I was going to use him this morning but colin was was talking about how oftentimes when we go through difficult situations, what we do first is we, we go to people around us right and, and we try and we try and go to people around us before we do the hard work of pressing into god and then lots of times and this is kind of where where I heard him going lots of times what we can do is we can we can go to people and when we're going through difficult things or when we're, we have conflict we know the people that we can go to that are going to tell us what we want to hear right we've all been in that situation where it's like okay I, I I'm having a difficult time but I don't want to go to this person because they're going to tell me something I don't want to hear I'm going to go to this person because they're going to get on board and we go to these people and we press into community to the point where pretty soon we're, we're fine, not because we're right with God, but because somebody else says that we're fine. See, I, I believe that Christian community is extremely important for the life of a believer. What, what Stan says about me is, is important to me. But what God says about me is vital to me. What God says about me is, is the very core of where I get my being from. And Paul says, look, my story, I want my story to point to Jesus. I don't want my story to be more about the the church I attend. Like if you were going to tell your God story, I I had people uh, before baptisms a long time ago, they would talk about, you know, I went to this church and now I'm at this church and now I'm getting baptized. And it's like, oh, no. Your story can't be more about the church you attend. Your story can't be more about your connection group. Your story can't be more about your Bible reading plan and the fact that you're gonna get a blue shirt, which those shirts are awesome, let's, let's be honest. But your story can't be more about that than it is about what God has done and continues to do in your life. You see, Paul just continues to point people to Jesus. He says, it's not Jesus plus anything. It's Jesus and Jesus alone. It's Jesus that saves me and it's Jesus who I want to know more and it's Jesus who I want to obey more. And I want my life to point people to that. That's his his current life. He says, I'm going from this place, this change in my life, and I'm going to go proclaim how good he is, how awesome he is. I'm going to tell my story for his glory. And it's He goes on in verse 21, then I went into the regions of Syria and Cilicia and I was still unknown in person to the churches of Judea that are in Christ. They only were hearing it said, he who used to persecute us is now preaching the faith he once tried to destroy and they glorified God because of me. Isn't that beautiful? Isn't that an awesome picture? You see, what we see here is that Paul's best resource for pointing people to God's story is his story. As he goes to Jerusalem and as he meets with these people, he's saying, look, it's not the same story as what these other guys are trying to sell you. It's God's story. And as he, as, he takes, he, as he goes around and he's telling his story, it says that people didn't really know who Paul was, but they heard enough of his story that they began to rejoice in the story of God. Isn't that awesome? See, that's, that's what I want. That's my, that's my hope, that's my desire. Paul is so, he's so quick to share his story. He's so quick to share what God has done in his life because he wants people to be quick to rejoice in what God has done and what God can do. And the first question I have for you this morning is do you have a former life? Right, do you have a former life? It, I, I read this uh, in a commentary this past week. that says all Christians are converts, whether that conversion was sudden or progressive. All Christians are converts. All Christians have gone from death to life. All Christians have gone from, from this is who I was to this is who I am. But see, here's the reality though. Your, Paul doesn't, your, your story doesn't have to look like Paul. Your story doesn't have to be Paul's story, but it needs to be God's story. And even when we look at the, at the New Testament, we see, we see Paul, and we see Paul get knocked off his horse, and we see Paul have this drastic change where Jesus showed up, and he's like, hey, why, why are you doing this to me? And Paul's like, who are you? And he's like, I'm Jesus. And Paul's like, oh, shoot, like, <laughs> I'm, I'm dead. And, and he like, changes his whole trajectory. But then we see guys like Peter and Peter's story. And as you read through the Gospels, the beginning of the New Testament, when did Peter change? When when was his big life moment? Because there are a couple times where where Jesus goes up to Peter and he's like, "Hey, Peter, follow me." And Peter's like, "Okay, yes, I'm going to follow you and go fishing." And it's like, and then Peter, Jesus goes back to Peter and he's like, "Hey, bro, what are you doing? Right? I'm like, come follow me. Like, follow me." That I, I love it because you don't really know when that happened. Don't really know when that life change happened. But here's the reality: the Peter that we meet in the beginning is not the same Peter that we read about in first and second Peter in the end of the New Testament. There's a change. He has a former life. If you don't have a former life, that's, that's something I would love to talk to you about. But here's, here's the, the next question. If you have a former life, what does it look like for you to share that for the sake of the gospel? What does it look like for your story to point people to God's story? Because I think it's tragic when people do not share, the, when they don't use the, the best tool that they possibly have to point people to God's story. When they don't use that, I think that's a tragedy. It, I, I, I heard this story this past week about um, a, a staffer up in, in Iowa in one of our churches up there who uh, he came on staff, uh, but not long after he came on staff, it, it came out that he had had an abortion right before he got married and he had lied about it and it just caused all this pain and destruction and just, it was just a really bad situation. And as all this was coming out and as he was confessing it to different people, he, he confessed it to his parents. And his parents then told him a story about how they almost did the exact same thing to his little brother. But by the grace of God, they, they didn't go through with it. It just makes me wonder what would have happened in that, in that situation if that guy's parents would've shared their story with him? Not to to run themselves down, but to make much of the glory of God. What what could happen in our lives? If we, like Paul, would, would care more about lifting up God and pointing people to God's story than painting our story in a way that makes us look favorable, what would happen? What would it look like for us, as a church, as a body of believers, to go out from this place and like Paul, do you realize that the reason we know so much about Paul is because Paul, Paul freely gave it. He's like, this is who I was. And the, I think the reason he could give it so freely is because he, he knew he was completely forgiven for those things. He was free. His story was so awesome because God's story is so awesome. And guys, I believe that what, what Columbia needs to see... What Mizzou needs to see, what Columbia College needs to see, what your, what your workplace needs to see, is they need to see people who walk in freedom, able to tell their story because God's story is so good. Because I believe the reason they need to see that is because people need to see a God who can save like that. People need to hear. See, Paul's story, it didn't start with his conversion. It started with a bunch of mess in his background. It started with a bunch of junk. It started with some really, really hard things. He says, that's, that's where my story started. And this is what God has done for me, and this is what it looks like. Guys, I believe that our communities, our society, our culture needs to see people walking in the reality of a God who saves broken, hurting, messy people. And so, Anthem Church, my prayer for us this week is that we would, we would use this incredible tool that God has given us to point people, our story, to point people to God's story. Let's, let's pray. God, I thank you so much for your goodness, for your mercy. God, I praise you for the realities of, of Jesus. I praise you, God, for the fact that, that uh, no matter what we have done, no matter how bad it might be, no matter, no matter the brokenness in our past, God, I praise you that you are the one who offers salvation. God, you are the one who brings freedom. And God, I pray that if there are people in here this morning who don't know you, who, who don't have a former life, maybe because the things they've done, they see them as too bad, God, I pray that you would help them to, to see that there is nothing that can put them outside of your reach. And God, I pray that for the rest of us, that we would be more focused on your story than on on painting us in a good light so that we can make much of you, God, so that people around us can see us making much of a God who saves. We love you, we praise you, and it's in your name.